What's up? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Welcome back if you're returning. Welcome if this is your first show. This show is about bottoms and life struggles and how regular, average, everyday people get through them. And in between episodes like that, I talk about variety stuff and and interests and interesting people that I've seen either on Instagram or that have reached out to me or I've gotten through some of the groups that I've belonged to on Facebook. This is going to be episode nine. And today I'm talking to Scott Shirai, an investigative reporter during the 1970s post Watergate. He was also a DJ, a singer and an author. So hopefully, you know, this you enjoy talking or listening to our conversation uh, as much as I enjoyed participating in it. Uh, we talk about a few different topics. Um, whenever it comes to the truth being covered up, I definitely will go down a rabbit hole and get into my opinions and views of how I think things are being distorted. But hey, that's just me. So without further ado, let's get to Scott Shirai. Hello. Hey, Scott. How's it going? This is Sean Dustin. Yeah. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess that's a connection. Yeah, it sounds all right. I don't see a problem with it. Oh, okay. Good. Just a little (laughs) bit of a delay. So um, I'll I'll try not to trip over each other. Okay. Um, Before I forget, if you could let me know, you know, um, send me the details uh, in advance of when this airs. Um, I can get this out on my my social media as well and um, push the show. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. That's what this is all about. People helping people. (laughs) Yeah. How did you get involved in this? Uh, for myself, it was more of trying to figure out myself and, um, some of the things that I've been through in my life in the past and, uh, just sort of, you know what I mean? Just as, as I got older Mm -hmm. and, and more mature, I started realizing that I'm, I'm in a pattern in life and it wasn't a very, uh, it wasn't, it's never been a good one, but I mean, it's, 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 it's subsided the older that I've gotten. And I guess I just got to a point where I feel like I've shed all of that stuff. And now I'm just trying to figure out how that came to be and how do I move forward. And the podcast has just sort of been more of a therapeutic thing for myself. I think it helped me to, you know, good for you. Yeah. Process stuff and then help other people at the same time by hearing other people's stories and it's just it's yeah. just a movement. The podcast movement itself right now has just become very popular. And, you know, some people are using it the right way. Some people are using it the wrong way. Um, but it, it's still, it, it's helping society in a whole, I believe. Oh, cool. Um, you're in Richmond? Uh, I am in Brentwood, California. Uh, my cell phone oh, okay. was, was bought in Richmond, California. I grew up in that part of the oh, Bay Area. So you're in the Bay Area? Yeah. So Are you still there? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm in the Bay Area. <clears throat> oh, okay. I, I lived there in the Jerry Garcia uh, hippie era. <laughs> ah, yeah, those are the fun days. <clears throat> oh, it was. It was. That's another story. I worked for uh, the largest limited partnership in California at the time that had 10 general partners. Four of them had been with the Revolution, Revolutionary Communist Party. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so from reading your email, uh, why you contacted me is you were an investigative reporter for uh, an NBC affiliate in Honolulu, <clears throat> and you were Correct. covering Watergate or trying to cover it or what story? <clears throat> no, this was post-Watergate. So there were, you know, there was a lot of, interest uh, by many of the TV, uh, a lot of the media about doing more investigative reports, you know, and covering more dirt on politicians and business and the like. And and, and at the same time, the FCC uh, came down with a mandate to hire more minority people. So um, I happened to be working in radio at the time, and that's how I got uh, recruited by uh, uh, actually, I got approached by both the NBC affiliate and the ABC affiliate. <clears throat> okay, okay. And then what what happened uh, there? Um, there was something that was uh, that happened, or was being covered up, or an issue that that you had. Well, at the time, because the the, the pop, because it was popular to do investigative reports, and I was local <clears throat> this was in hawaii i was born and raised there um the news director said you know you probably have a lot of contacts and i did so he says well you know i want you to do a lot of stuff on the underworld <clears throat> so i started doing a lot of reports uh on different uh criminal activities and the like and <clears throat> um initially it was very well received at the station because they felt they were <clears throat> getting a lot of, you know, stories out there about the underworld and, and what have you. But then when uh, things started going south and I started getting uh, subpoenaed to go into court to reveal the sources <clears throat> or face uh, contempt of court uh, as well as fines and jail and, and the station was facing fines as well, then the station uh, behind the scenes said, you better you know, obey, obey the court order and, uh, public, but although publicly they were, uh, saying, no, we support, you know, uh, freedom of the press and we will protect the sources and this and that. So it was kind of very conflicting as well as, um, very sad and disturbing because I was in a catch 22 situation. This kind of behavior though really isn't uncommon, right? No, it's not. <clears throat> I think you see this in the corporate world as well, where, you know, a company will say, yeah, we care about consumers and this and that. And yet, uh, when you look at different things that have occurred uh, publicly, um, the actions seem to run counter to, to really what they were saying. And we're seeing this quite a bit still now to this day. I mean, investigative, you really, 
I, I've been saying this for a while now. I mean, with all the different spins on the different uh, networks and everything else, you, you really need to be an investigative journalist to decipher the truth now. Because you can't just get yeah. it from one source. You have to go to at least seven or eight different sources and sort of mine, <laughs> mine, mine the truth out of it. And and most no, people that's, aren't that's going to do true. that. And that's how yeah, they've no, kind that's of... very true. And, and, and the other challenge is that with the um, social media the way it is now, unlike, uh, you know, when I was when I started in the media in the um, 70s, uh, you know, over 40 years ago, it was there was no social media. So today, anybody that has access, access to the Internet, you know, can be a reporter of sorts. You know, just by posting something, uh, twittering something, or what have you. And I think that that's one of the things that these uh, social engineers, you know, whoever, whoever those top one, you know, the people that we don't know about who are controlling everything, um, that is kind of what they they didn't count on that. They didn't count on the fact that everybody you know if something happens in syria that's suspect that it's going to go on on the internet and be posted mm -hmm. and they can't get away with it anymore before the the turnaround time you know back when you know let's say let, let's take the gulf of tonkin incident all right how long did that mm -hmm. take mm -hmm. before the public was at the turnaround time on the news cycle before anybody even knew and you know i think oh, that, yeah i think yeah. that all these these people these um you know, whoever they are that are causing all these conflicts around the world, whether they're proxy wars or regime change wars, whatever these these situations are, they were able to get away with a lot more back, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, whereas now they can't really get away with much. So what I feel mm -hmm. like they're doing mm -hmm. is since they can't social media is, is instant, I think that there's a lot of opposition out there that are. You know, that's why you have so many twists because the general public, I mean, we, most of us are not going to go through what it takes to figure out what the truth is. You know, we will yeah. see a, a post on social media, whatever. We kind of take that or we just disengage altogether because it's too much work to, to try to figure it out. And so yet they mm -hmm. found another way mm -hmm. to keep us confused and, and not even tuned in. Yeah, no, that's very true. And, um, but it, but it's changing in other ways as well. Um, I had a, a virtual talk with uh, one of the editors at the uh, Plain Dealer, which is Cleveland's newspaper. And you know, today um, they allow um, they wrap the front page with ads and all kinds of stuff, and on the back of that same section is the op-ed page, uh, which never would have happened 30, 40 years ago. Uh, they allow ads on the uh, op-ed page within the paper, and the TV stations allow the local stations anyway allow, you know, political spots within the newscast where before that would never happen because they wanted to separate uh, politics from you know any kind of that advertising during the newscast, and you know you could buy a spot before the news or after the news, but not within it if you were running for office. So all that has changed, and uh, <laughs> and it's pretty sad. No, it feels like you know. Uh, cor correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the uh, 
So which family is the one that controls the media? Like the, they own the Associated Press, they own the parent company that owns the Associated Press. Uh, are those the Bilderbergs? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It's it's changed so much. So um, the other evolution that occurred was that, uh, you know, before the media was locally owned and um, felt compelled to um, represent people in the community and life in the community um, until it became, uh, uh, you know, until the larger conglomerates realized that like the big box stores, uh, the media was the same way that if they could scoop them all up and start doing certain things, there there was a ton of money to be made uh, in the news media because of the, you know, perceived credibility of the media. And, and of course what's happened today is you see a split in the media, uh, you know, the far right, the far left, the in between, and 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 what have you. So that uh, there's criticism about uh, different the the far right, the far left, and even in even the middle part of the media, uh, unlike you know what it used to be in the past. Yeah, it's. I mean, everything is changing, and it's going, and, and it's going to. I think it's going to change for the better. But I mean, we just kind of have to. You know, we're we're in a an age of information right now, and I believe we're in a second age of enlightenment because a lot of things come into light. You know, around the world and how different countries mm-hmm. are dealing with things, and how oil and big, uh, you know, lobbyists and big corporate, you know, uh, pharmaceutical, this and that, how they really are the ones that are controlling everything. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, I hope so. (laughs) Well, they're, they're taking us down, uh, down a road and they have been for a long time and everybody's just kind of been, okay, okay. And in my opinion, it's like, well, how many, how many times are we going to fall for the same thing? I mean, mm-hmm. is it that we just don't care or that, you know, oh, well, by the time it, it really takes effect or anything, I'll be long gone. And, but, I mean, y- your kids are still here. I mean, wouldn't you at least want to, you know, change things for their oh, yeah. future? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think hopefully that'll happen sooner than later. Um, my frustration is that it's not happening quick enough. And, and that's where um, I think I think that's where the issue, you know, in large part relies because um, uh, there are some groups right now, uh, including um, uh, a nonprofit group that <clears throat> is going after some of these larger um, organizations and holding their trying to hold their feet to the fire and. Um, um, one of them is uh, a group called Some of Us. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they um, are going after corporate abuses and the, you know what they call the growing power of big tech and uh, trying to hold hold their feet to the fire and make them accountable. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how how fast the, the majority of people will respond or react to that. It may take a while. <clears throat> I think some of the the problem is is that the game that's being played 
is changing all mm-hmm. the time on their end. So, I mean, when we figure out that, oh, we need to be playing chess, they go back to playing checkers. And when we go, oh, well, we got to go play checkers because we need to play the same game they are, they change the game up. So it's really, you know, it's ugh, it's so frustrating. Um, you, you know, you're in Honolulu, and who is Tulsi Gabbard over there? Is she the governor or is she the congresswoman? She was a con- yeah. She's a congresswoman. Uh, I'm not there now. I was born and raised there, and I worked there. But uh, I'm living outside Cleveland now. Have you have you uh, listened to anything that she's been talking about or followed her at all? Yeah, I I still get one of their. Um, uh, you know, I'm still in touch with uh, some of the media people there and uh, get uh, media reports as well. And um, have been following some of the activities that have been going on. <clears throat> yeah, well, some of the stuff she's talking about is really uh, I, I've been listening to. And if you really want to hear a good interview with her, um, check out the one she did with Joe Rogan. I don't know what episode mm. it is. But, I mean, she did about mm-hmm. a three-hour deal where she was calling out the military-industrial complex and all these regime change wars and how this is a real thing. It's not – I mean, we were warned by this. By who? Uh, who did that speech? Roosevelt or was it Truman that talked about the military-industrial complex and that we need to beware? You, re- mm, you, remember, you remember that? I don't know. Okay, so No, I don't. Yeah, it was an outgoing president. I can't remember who it was, um, but they they literally warned about the power that the military-industrial complex is is starting to wield, and that the, mm-hmm. the the public, the American people, need to be careful because you mm-hmm. know this this it's only going to get bigger, and we're going to have less control of it. You know, we already don't have any control. I mean, how much money? Yeah. How much money do they get, you know, annually through taxes? Year, you know, for the year. I mean, I just paid, what? I had I owed ten thousand, but I mean, the tax that I paid on on the money I made was up to like sixteen grand. So you got sixteen thousand from me. Where's all this money going? I mean, if mm-hmm. if if it was a business, and or I hired you to do something for me. And you have no accountability mm-hmm. for any of the money that you've been that I've been giving you, or the services that I'm supposed to be getting back. I, wouldn't you fire that that entity or that company? Yeah. Why can't Why can't no, we? It, it, it. You know why Why can't we do that? Why can't we get rid of 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 this? How come we have no control over? over something that we're paying for it just it doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. yeah uh, i don't know it's very scary times uh, yeah well they're scary in that way but they're also good times in in the way that a lot of this stuff is coming to light people are now starting to talk about this you and i are talking about this we're complete strangers but yet we share in some of the same ideas and some of the same fears and some of the same um you know acknowledging Mm -hmm. what's going on and there Mm -hmm. are over 700,000 other podcasts out there doing the same thing. So if Mm 700,000, you know, podcasts and you got people talking to people, I mean, we're talking close to probably two, two million or 3 million people out there having conversations like this or other conversations to better yourself. 
So I'm I'm pretty hopeful for the future. Well, I I uh yeah, I I uh would like to be as optimistic. <laughs> I'm I'm holding my breath right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand that as well. I mean, you know, we just, just, you know, the government got way too big. Things need to change. They need to get rid of the lobbyists. They need to put term limits on some of these congressmen or on all the congressmen or even all the all those positions because that's how they figure mm-hmm. out. That's how yeah. they figure out how yeah. to work the system because they've been in it for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of them leave office. Uh, many of them enter office, uh, you know, in the middle income category, but most of them leave, uh, in the upper income level. So that's got to say something. Yeah. Well, look at our dear old friend in California, Nancy Pelosi. She's got a mansion in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. the most expensive city or one of the most expensive cities in the United States. And she has a mansion. How'd you get Mm -hmm. that? How'd you get that? Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, I, no, I, I think the term limit thing is, is, is way beyond its time and way overdue, but, uh, whether that occurs, I don't, I'm not sure since too many people have vested interest in that, you know, in, uh, not having term limits. Well, yeah, they, none of them want it. Mitch McConnell, he for sure doesn't want it. He, you know, he, <laughs> he he vehemently said, "I I think I heard him in something." That'll be a it'll be a cold day in hell before any of that takes place here. You know, mm-hmm. they're scared. Mm-hmm. They're scared. They're scared yeah. of anybody. You know, I don't know if Trump is a part of all that. Um, I all I know about as far as as Trump is that last year before he made that that tax change, I got two thousand back. I didn't do anything different this year. And I owed ten thousand, so I mean we were we were duped. I mean oh that was a rope. A, that was a rope a dope, for sure. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't been one of those people that saved my money, I, I would be probably homeless now, like one of these other people that had a a serious um, uh, financial burden put on them, and you know it wiped them out. Now they're homeless, or mm-hmm. so, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that yeah. they do that on purpose, just like they did with the uh, with the the 2008 recession, the financial collapse, the crisis. You know, I, that was a that mm-hmm. was a that was a purposeful um, fleecing of the lower class, you know, the blacks and the minorities of their wealth, and they did that shit on purpose, mm-hmm. and none of them paid yeah. for it. They got bonuses for it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. That's crazy. How does that happen? No, I, I, uh, no, I can appreciate that. I, I've met a lot of people. Uh, I've had the fortune of meeting and getting to know a lot of people, important people, uh, and some who thought they were important in my life. And uh, it's been amazing uh, to to note the differences in in character and integrity among among them. Um, and, uh, it's, and it's also pretty sad, but, uh, I, like you, I, I, I hope for change sooner than later, but I'm, I'm not as, not as optimistic, unfortunately. Uh, I guess that's the former news person, the cynic as I am, you know, 
feeling that way. <clears throat> well, you have a lot more experience than I do. I mean, you're probably, you know, been around quite a lot longer than I am. You know, I'm kind of in the beginning stages of my, my coming of age, I guess you would say, you know, I, I just, I, I feel the need to have to expose some of this stuff, you know, or at least talk about it, get the conversation going. I mean, cause it's, mm -hmm. it's real mm -hmm. and you can't just ignore it. You keep ignoring it, you know, oh, well, you know, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't, you know, it, yeah, well, it doesn't affect you now, but just wait until some other person gets in office and it does affect you because that's what ends up happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if no, he's, that's very true. Yeah, I don't know if he's for real or what. I mean, I know he's doing some good stuff, and I know that the deep state is definitely trying to get rid of him and get him out of there because he doesn't play ball like they want him to. And I don't think that he really agrees with these regime change wars. But then, you know, who knows? We're ramping up down in Iran, you know, down in the Gulf. You know, mm -hmm. what, what's what's happening there? They already tried to do a false flag with the. Uh, with you know saying that they attacked those shipping uh the shipping those ships down there the mm -hmm. you know and, and some people are just kind of raising their eyebrows going mm, this looks a lot familiar this looks pretty familiar you know same same playbook they never change it they think everybody's stupid yeah no i i can appreciate that um i happened to meet him in uh 20 years ago <laughs> And uh, he, his demeanor hasn't changed at all. And, uh, just as his language publicly, where um, 20 years ago, every other word that came out of his mouth was a four-letter word. And today it's more tempered, although uh, that's about all you can say about it. Well, he's just found, he just found nicer words to say the stuff that he wants to say. <laughs> He's still attacking everybody. I guess you could say that. <laughs> he still attacks everybody. I mean, that, that's his M.O., man. I mean, if he wants to, he's just going to discredit you with attacks right out of the gate. And, and most people are yeah. just are, are so politically correct that they don't have a response immediately. Like, they, they can't believe that that just came out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, he catches no. everybody off guard. And, I mean... Yeah, I guess. I mean, if he actually drained the swamp, that would be cool. But, I mean, I've I've seen no draining. I, I don't hear any draining. I don't see the whirlpool in the middle of the water. So, I just, I think we got duped again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people drank the Kool-Aid and they, they're still drinking it. So, uh, that's why I'm still uh, a bit cynical. Yeah, well, a lot of them just don't. They they don't they don't want to. They don't want interruption in their life. They've got things good. They've got. They're comfortable. They're on a routine. They're doing this. They're doing that. You know what I mean? It's not really affecting them. So it's just easier to turn away and tune out than it is to get yourself wrapped up in the turmoil of it. Because, I mean, when you really start breaking it down and looking at it, it starts to become overwhelming because it's so much bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And most yeah, people aren't uh, aren't equipped to to think on those terms. That's why these social engineers are so far ahead of us because the game that they're playing is a is a hundred year game. You know what I mean? I, I, we've got a hundred year plan, and most people can't think that far out. 
You know what I mean? We're we're thinking maybe five years, ten year goal at the most because that's what we were told to as as kids. You know, you need to plan in the five and the ten year. You know, nobody's thinking twenty, thirty, forty, fifty. You know, and these guys are already they, they they've rolled out you know plans that have been in place to when they when they pass on it just keeps going. You know, their children take over and mm-hmm. and, and and propagate it. And these are all guesses. You know what I mean? I'm not any kind of uh, 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 expert on anything other than myself and the patterns that I see that come up, you know, in different things. And, and I listen to a lot of people that I feel are credible and, and you know, through podcasts or other uh, independent investigative journalists like yourself. And so, but I mean, I, I don't know. I just know how it feels. Yeah. Well, um, I applaud you for what you're doing because, uh, you know, the people still need to know, and um, if you can cut through the the chatter and everything else uh, and get to the meat of it, that would be the best thing that could happen. Yeah, hopefully there there's a, an easier way to do it. But you know, like I said, <laughs> some of, some of those some of those uh, older folks as they die off and they move on that are that are running things. We've got a new generation of smarter kids that know a lot more. I mean, they already know that to think that stuff is, is fake. You know what I mean? They, they already know to question everything. And so I think that's where we're going to win. I may not see it in my lifetime. You may not see it in your lifetime, but that's where my hope lies is that these kids that are coming Mm -hmm. up, the newer generation, you know, that's younger than the millennials. Um, you know, they're, they're slick, you know, they're doing stuff and, and hopefully, hopefully it changes with them. Mm-hmm. No, that's very true. In fact, collectively, if you add up all the different uh, minorities, uh, which and, and include uh, multi-race marriages, uh, include the LGBTQ community and and the like, collectively, all all of these all of these publics already make up more than fifty percent of the population. Um, the unfortunate part is nobody's ever tried to pull them together to say, hey, if we work together, <clears throat> we could affect a lot more change more quickly. And so it's still very splintered and it won't be another, if I believe, if I recall correctly, 20 or 30 more years uh, until um, the the racial minority anyway becomes uh, collectively the, uh, the majority so even at that, you know, that it's still quite a ways off, uh, one generation at least. Um, but there, there's a lot of potential for change coming down the road because, as you pointed out, the younger generation, especially the Z generation, is a lot more acute and sharp and aware of um, what's true and what's not true as far as what they're hearing and being told. Uh, and I think we'll we'll see that. Uh, that change occur, but um, I'm not sure that it's going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah, I'll probably be around for the beginning of it, which is better than not being around for any of it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, at at least maybe I'll see some fruits of the labor that I'm doing and, and, you know, that's, that would be rewarding enough for myself. And the fact that my daughter doesn't have to deal with, you know, being lied to constantly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
There's nothing yeah. worse than being fooled. Especially when, yeah. when you're part of the population that's doing everything you're supposed to be doing or were taught to do. And then you realize that d- this is all fake. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is all a construct. Yeah. So. No, that's very true. We're at about 30 minutes there, Scott. Um, would you like to uh, give any plugs for your social media or any ways that people can uh, follow you or get in touch with you if uh, any of this resonates with them and they'd like to talk about it more? No, not at this point. I just um, <clears throat> wanted to applaud you for what you're doing and uh, encourage you to keep it up and uh, you know stay with it and keep going seeking the truth and i think once you if you stay on that on that road i think uh, you know eventually over time hopefully it'll all come out well i appreciate it and thank you for the feedback it's always it's always nice to get some feedback and and, and hear from people that that agree with what you're doing and and resonate with it so i appreciate the uh, the feedback for sure Oh, it's my pleasure, Sean. Um, Keep up the great work. All right. Thanks, Scott. Have a good one. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you to Scott. Appreciate the kind words there at the end and throughout. Uh, You know, it's always nice to get feedback from people that listen to the show and you know support what i'm doing and my vision and what i'm trying to put out there as always if you get something out of this show or this episode tell a friend subscribe rate review all those things but most of all uh word of mouth word of mouth advertising or word of mouth uh definitely spreads faster than any of the Uh, social media uh, promotions that I'm doing. So if you think somebody will benefit from hearing this show or one of my episodes, feel free to shoot them my way and, and turn them into a listener. If you want to contact me, you can send me an email at nowhere to go, but up now at gmail.com. You have topic ideas, show ideas. Uh, you just want to tell me you don't like me. You want to say whatever you want to say to me, man. You can hit me up on the email. I'm also on Instagram at nowhere to go, but up now. Facebook is Sean Dustin. I have a Facebook group, which is called nowhere to go, but up now podcast. Uh, there's about 50 members in there now. If you would like you can join that. And I also do, uh, ask questions, polls, uh, ask for topic ideas. And I just basically engage in there with, with the members. So if that's something that interests you, you can also go there. Uh, I'm on YouTube, nowhere to go, but up now is my YouTube channel. Uh, my podcast page is nowhere to go, but up now You can also leave comments on each episode there. I'm on Twitter at, but up now. I think that pretty much covers the social media. Um, I know that I'm doing a, 
Kickstarter campaign to uh, try and raise some money to do a website and also upgrade some of the equipment that I have so I can start doing a video as well to add to the YouTube channel instead of just being audio only. Also, there, uh, the last uh, interview I did was with the Uncontained podcast hosted by Aaron Static Render. Uh, check it out. That was a good interview. Um, I've got some other ones that are going to be coming up in the following weeks, but this one uh, I personally enjoyed. You know how Aaron edited this one, and it was a good. Sh- it was a good show. So check it out and go over and support the uncontained podcast and uh, give him a listen. He's doing some good stuff in the entertainment industry and trying to let us know the different things that are happening with the people he's interviewing. So again, thank you, Aaron. Appreciate the, uh, the interview. So until next week, oh, oh, here's one more thing. I have a correction to make on one of the uh, things that I had in this this episode with uh, Scott. So the address that I was referring to and I said Roosevelt, it was actually Eisenhower's farewell address warning against the military industrial complex. And you can see that on YouTube. I'll drop a link down in my uh, in the show notes so you guys can uh, listen to that. That was a very compelling and a very moving farewell address. So you may a lot a lot of people don't know about it and haven't heard it. So give it a listen. It might change the way you think about a couple things. Until next week, man. Keep it one hundred. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. <laughs>